Hi Kino family, we're back again for another podcast. Actually, I should say that with a little bit more enthusiasm. That didn't sound great. Yes, I go. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Back. Sorry about that. No. How boring. Oh, it's a long day. It's Christmas. I work in retail. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Yeah, but we can let our lovely listeners suffer just because Stop. you've you've had a hard day. Oh, I'm to be enthusiastic about it. Yay! Okay. We're back. We're back in the room! <laughs> Sorry if that hurt your ears. <laughs> I could be that enthusiastic. I've half a cup of chamomile oh, tea in me. Well then! Alright, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're back this week and we yeah. are here to have a chat about the dietary advice that cancer patients are receiving. Um, I have a little bit of inside insider information. Yeah, just a little bit. A little bit. Um, and I have a case study as and, well. Oh, share. Christina has a case study. So mm. there you go. She'll mm. try not to bore you. <laughs> rude <laughs> okay so for all our followers that don't know um i had uh bowel cancer mm-hmm. and um it, it took uh over two years for my treatment because of one thing and another in the middle of um my treatment when they started the chemo, I got colitis, uh, very bad colitis from the mm-hmm. chemo itself. Um, and that was actually the first treatment. Um, so I've kind of, I was under a dietitian because I went down to about seven stone. They had to feed me through a tube from a bag of uh, pre-digested Sugar. enzymes and stuff yeah hang on hang much. on let me just convert that seven stone to okay. 98 pounds yeah so i was literally kind Very of skin small. and bone yeah i was i was tiny um so they couldn't they had to kind of be, they because they had to relax my bowels and i couldn't really hold anything down they decided to feed me through a tube mm-hmm. so um on the recovery after that, I was under the dietitian in the hospital. Yeah. Well, let's not name um, any hospitals. Let's just keep. Oh it no, no, we're not going to do that. Like in fairness, the hospitals, like they were, the hospital I was in was brilliant. Yeah, I couldn't fault them at yeah. all. Like I got the best of care. Um, but pretty much, uh, the dietitian had me on uh full fat everything, um. So the advice was pretty much because they were trying to put weight onto me. It was all was, about the calories, right? It was all about yeah. It was all about the calories. It was full fat everything. Yeah, wasn't allowed kind of, um, you know, kind of diet yogurt, low fat yogurt, I think. So basically, the the advice was eat whatever you like, just make sure it's full fat, because all they really were concerned about was me putting on weight after my dramatic weight loss. Yeah. So it. There was no notion or talk of the fact that I was actually in the middle of treatment for cancer as well. Yeah. And at this stage, um, I hadn't had any surgery, so they hadn't removed the tumour yeah. that I had. Mm-hmm. So I still had that um, because I was getting the... Did I get... I did get the chemo first, mm-hmm. didn't I? I did, yeah. I got the chemo first. And then I had... Um, uh, no, I got the radiation first, then I got the chemo. They, I did the radiation to reduce the tumour. Uh, yeah. And the chemo, and then I had the surgery at the end of it all. The surgery was the last thing I had. So, um, yeah. 
specifically the dietary uh, advice I got was because I had had the colitis Mm -hmm. from the chemo and I had that dramatic weight loss and really all they were focused on was um, getting my weight weight back back on yeah yeah and unfortunately that's what they focus on yeah yeah there's there was no talk at all about how sugar affects uh, the body Mm -hmm particularly with cancer cells and the way cancer cells react to sugar in the body yeah. there was no talk of that and at that time uh we didn't know yeah, no, we didn't know about did. it like we did. only we only came to it after like my after tony did the research afterwards like for my recovery uh that's when we came to keto was i was out i was kind of yeah, healthy you were out the other side. I yeah, yeah i was out the other yeah. side and everything before we just discovered mm-hmm. um keto so yeah it was literally my dietary advice was um to eat everything full fat and eat whatever I wanted and I had said to the dietitian that the hospital food was really Mm -hmm. poor it was really bad like you know it's Mm. it's typical hospital food you know they're not going to roll up with a a, a fillet steak (laughs) or you know um so unfortunately yeah so she said to me well if you find it hard get your husband maybe to stop off at mcdonald's and bring you in something or uh, yeah you know wow yeah wow so i did yeah, of, course of course i did it's... like i was i was seven stone i was gonna eat whatever what was put in front of me because i wasn't putting on weight of course <laughs> Do you know course, what i mean yeah. like I mean, because i was said sick, to me here you, know, you can eat pizza for the rest of your life and not gain a pound and you'll be uh-huh. perfectly healthy yeah bring it on yeah yeah so i was sitting in the hospital bed with with my mcdonald's and the pizza Mm. he brought in a pizza one night as well so that was pretty much the dietary advice from the hospital and so for anybody who hasn't luckily hasn't been touched by cancer at all in their immediate family or Mm -hmm. extended family one of the ways in which they use diagnostic tools to locate tumors and i don't know whether you had this done did you have that mri done oh yeah 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 okay so what they actually do is they inject you and what they inject you with is a mix of glucose that has been irradiated and saline so salt water sodium Mm -hmm. water and the reason that they inject glucose is because they know that the glucose goes straight to the cancer cells and because they've irradiated it they know that as soon as they run you through the MRI it's going to light up like a Christmas tree like the Christmas tree behind you yeah yeah um and that's one of the tools that they use now not all cancers but that's one of the tools that they use to diagnose cancer so they know that sugar directly feeds cancer cells yeah now one caveat I suppose we should make now before we go on is that keto doesn't work for all cancers no so there are some cancers that would actually thrive on that high higher protein and yeah. can easily make fuel from the fat so it's not it's not cure all no but right? i think anybody who's on keto knows that yeah. and it's not for everybody either like mm. the keto ketogenic diet doesn't suit everybody and i think people who who have come to keto and i suppose are new to keto we just need to stress that it is different for everybody and obviously we're not giving medical advice here either no, we're just no, no, talking no. about kind of my experience and Christina's um, experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I do remember um, asking you specifically what the dietitian had said to you. And because I remember that whole connection between cancer and sugar. 
Yeah. And the dietitian, I think, had told you to go and have a beer or something. And I was like, but shouldn't that be like, you know, lower in sugar? And you were like, no, she didn't say anything about you. And I remember that. I think it was it was probably just before you were discharged from the hospital. Yeah, no, because I did specifically ask them, could I have a drink? Yeah. <laughs> at that stage, at, the, at that stage, I had finished my second three week stint in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was just like is it all right for me to have a drink? And they were like, yeah, 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 you're grand. And it was just like, okay. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's it all that they concern themselves with is weight. And yeah. now it's universally known that if you do keto, you lose weight. And for somebody who's 98 pounds, that's not necessarily a good thing. So no. the kind of ketogenic diet that you should have gone on immediately with the help of a dietitian would have been hugely caloric. Because there are yeah. adjustments that need, need to be made to maintain weight. And that's something that I found difficult with um, with the client that I was working with was keeping the weight up because the oncologist had said, if you go below X amount, I think it was, um, I can't remember what it was, 80 kilos maybe. If you go below 80 kilos, we're going to start giving you the, you know, the little drinks, the energy drinks that are just like oh, pure sugar. It- yeah, I I was on them. The yeah. hospital had me on them as well. Um, they forty sip, forty sip, yeah, forty sip was Some, one of yeah. them. And yeah, they give them to old people as well who have dramatically lost loads of weight, yeah. and they are specifically designed for you to to gain weight and have energy. Yeah. Um, and uh, they taste disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can keep yours down. That, when I said that, when I said to the dietitian, it tastes disgusting. She said to me. Uh, okay, so put it in some seven up or something. Wow. Yeah. Here, have some sugar with your sugar. Yeah, that's what she said to me. Get just have a can of seven up, mix it in with that. It'll it'll be grand. Wow. Yeah. So it was really fortunate that Tony had the cutspad to go and really research this and find yeah find what you needed to keep this at bay. Oh yeah, well ab- absolutely, and that as well. That when I came out of the hospital after I'd had my surgery and I was still quite mm-hmm. thin, um, I started to I went back to eating the way I yeah. used to eat. Do you know what I mean? I, I was eating everything, mm-hmm. eating every you know full high carb mm-hmm. diet and high you know fat. high fat high carb yeah. diet, and then piled on the weight. I mean, I, if anybody scrolls back through my Instagram, I did do a three picture. Mm-hmm. You know the one where I was coming, I was just finished uh, all my yeah. treatment. And then my full-on carb, when I put all the weight back on, it just ballooned like I, think I really did. you went did. heavier um, and than then, you had been before. Oh, heavier than yeah. I'd ever been. Yeah, yeah, heavier than I'd ever been. And um, it was around that time then that Tony was like, "Look, we we, we just need mm. to do something like you know, just kind of." And he did the research, and uh, and that's when we came to keto. And yeah, pretty much been there ever since obviously on and off kind of you know have them have my moments peanuts peanuts yeah every week and the odd indian meal every week we end up talking (laughs) oh sorry that was my fault okay okay. yeah you did (laughs) quash the peanuts um so yeah that was pretty much my journey in a nutshell how i came to keto and and what the advice I got from the dietitian was basically just eat. It's so irresponsible. Yeah. Like it, it, it's yeah, uh, it, and yeah. it's because it's based on this old dogma, this old orthodox um, education that dietitians get, and they have to be prescriptive. You know, they they have to tell yeah. you 
this is what you you have to eat because they learn that the most important thing for you is calories and keeping your weight up um but the gas thing is sorry but the gas thing is uh the dietitian when i was in the hospital only came to me twice or three times the dietitian in the hospital where i was getting um the radiation because i had two different hospitals i had to go to uh, i saw her once on discharge wow yeah wow and they didn't ask you um what your diet had been like before or anything like that they just no 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 just what you're doing to put weight on that was all it's it's madness it's it's madness that with in the face of all the overwhelming research in face of all the um anecdotal evidence there's literally thousands of stories out there on the internet of people with cancer who have been able to manage it with a ketogenic diet yeah it's crazy so i suppose that kind of segues nicely into my case study um so I wasn't exclusively working with this client because I'm not a cancer expert, but what I was doing, I was coaching this client on the keto diet and right, how, okay. and it was, it was a maintenance keto diet because we, you know, I'm a weight loss expert. I'm not a cancer expert. So yeah. what we were trying to do was I was trying to teach this client how to do a maintenance level ketogenic diet that supported what they were trying to achieve with with the cancer so i don't want to go into too much detail i mean it's it i, I don't want to be um i have the person to be recognizable but i can give you kind of an overview so i was approached by this client who had stage four um okay. and was basically put into palliative care by the oncologist okay that's it you're done there's nothing else we can do for you tumor's too big you're not operable off you go and enjoy okay. yourself yeah. okay and this person had been researching like yourself and tony did and it was actually their partner found me and contacted me and asked me can you help us because we're trying nobody will help us we're trying to figure this out so i said look i'm not cancer expert i'm not keto cancer expert but i do know patricia daly for example in ireland is a an expert in the ketogenic diet for cancer i said but i can help because they're local i said i can meet you and i can help go through um what you're eating what you should be eating and how to maintain the weight because again this client was about to be put on those horrible calorie drinks yeah so they started off on keto they started off with tumor markers measuring five thousand in the blood after three months they were down to 50 Wow. Right? But not only that, and it's like I get goosebumps when I when I talk about it because it was just so epic. I actually cried when I got the news. The tumor had shrunk so much that this client was now eligible for surgery. And what was the reaction of the doctors? They don't agree with it, but that he that you know he he, he said the doctor said that you know it must have been some something you were doing and the client said yeah ketogenic diet and the doctor was like oh well you know it's not good to be on that long term it was like like it, that's but that's evidence in yeah, itself it's... like he's saying it must have been something you were doing so if she had said well i was actually going out every day and doing like 50 million jumping jacks he would have probably approved exactly. of that quicker yeah, exactly than saying it's a ketogenic exactly. diet 
so this client had had contacted the oncologist and basically said look i found all this evidence that ketogenic diet works really well in um in a cancer state because it cuts off the fuel um you know if it, and it it's reparative regenerative renewal it's all all the things that we're looking for and basically the oncologist said well you know tick tock enjoy it while you've got it was basically what this client was told go and enjoy the donuts go and enjoy the pizza because you're on the clock here and luckily they didn't accept that but that was conventional orthodox medicine's approach was off you go enjoy what you've got time and if this person yeah. had have listened yeah. to that oncologist they'd probably be dead by now and that's scary I that's know, really that's scary shock- yeah that's shocking now, that is shocking there are oncologists out there that are working with keto with their patients but unfortunately in the vast majority of countries i think israel and egypt are the only two countries in the world where it is not a legal requirement as a doctor to give chemo to a cancer patient you are legally obliged to give chemo so there's a doctor called thomas seafried and he's he's an oncologist um, and he's working with ketogenic diet with patients in the united states and he gives the minimum, 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 minimum amount and then puts them on a ketogenic diet. And he's actually sent people to spend months in Israel and in Egypt so that they don't they don't have to have the chemotherapy that he's legally obliged to. He'd lose his license if he didn't. And he said that, yeah. you know, giving some of these people, they are so sick and you're basically poisoning them. He said the majority of people die from the chemo treatment, not the cancer. And yeah, you've been there. Yeah. You you were in intensive care at one stage. It got so bad. Well, the chemo actually caused the colitis in me. So and that was literally my first dose. So they had to rethink. They had to redo the chemo that they were giving me. So I had the oncologist like when I went to see the oncologist after I was discharged from the hospital. Uh, he did come in to see me in the hospital. And then my surgeon came in to see me as well. And they were all like looking at me in the bed going, how did this happen? Actually, the head of oncology in the hospital came into intensive care um, to see me and to talk to the, the nurses and the doctors. Yeah. Like there was doctors everywhere. They actually sent my bloods over to the UK mm. to get special testing. It's like you were allergic to the chemo or something. Yeah, yeah. They literally, like the oncologist, like looked at me and said, oh my God, I nearly killed yeah. you. Like, you know, it wasn't an admission of guilt or anything. It was just like he had this whole, oh, my God, we nearly killed you. Like, you know, we didn't know what way you're going to react. So they had to rethink the whole chemo thing. And when I got my doses of chemo, then they had to put it into my body so slowly because my body was so sensitive to it that I had to wear a pump Mm -hmm. for a week. Do you remember when I used to have to wear the pump? I had to carry this pump. uh, I had to carry this, like, literally glass tube of chemotherapy in a bag that I was going in in through a pump in my skin and into my veins and I had that for a week I had to walk around for um so every three weeks or every cycle I had to carry one of them for a week um so that's how slowly they had to give it to me but it still made me like yeah really sick and I was still hanging over the bed getting sick and I was taking sickness tablets and they were so strong that I was losing yeah. days on end Needless to say, I binge watched everything on Netflix. Okay. Couldn't even yeah, remember half of it because I used to just. You're entitled. Yeah, yeah. It was. 
literally lost mm. days on end because of that sickness tablets so yeah yeah and and it is it's such a um a bombardment on a body that's already sick that yeah. you would yeah. you would expect the field of cancer treatment to be one of the most progressive when it comes to treatment but it's like everything else here's this medicine here's this pill and here's this pill for the side effect of that pill off you go yeah it's not only that though like it's like it's extremely expensive treatment mm. so the only the only people that are benefiting from it are the pharmaceutical companies it always comes back to that, like it's it? so really? of course it does it's so expensive that the way it worked on on treatment days was you showed up in the morning okay um they didn't have your chemotherapy ready they only made it when they knew you were going to show yeah. up so you show up to the hospital you go get your bloods done right they send your bloods off to the lab to make sure that all the markers okay. are okay for you to get your treatment um so you're sitting around you have to wait for the stuff to come back from the lab then they make your chemo so you're waiting so so between the time they take your blood and the, by the time they call you back for your treatment you there's about two hours you have to spend in the mm-hmm. canteen waiting to be called so you go back then and then you're sitting there for the day getting your treatment pumped mm-hmm. into you but they only make it they only make your the mix that you get when you show up in the hospital that's how expensive it is so in in ireland luckily we have public health care and you didn't have to pay yeah. you pay a, a no. nominal amount of it <laughs> the only the only amount no the only thing i had to pay for were some of the nights that were in hospital and that yeah. was it and it was just like your mandatory fee or whatever there was there was no nothing else like i got all that on the public health service like which is is it is brilliant hospital were brilliant the nurses were brilliant it's but it just was like it just made me very sick <laughs> yeah and i'm actually um I'm actually looking to see how much it costs in the USA because I know that um I know that like if if you haven't got the right health insurance yeah well you could lose well, we've we've seen stories of people losing their houses yeah. and you know uh, having to remortgage to pay for health care which is just shocking like for us the the idea of that is like when I was when I was diagnosed, I was kept in in the hospital. Like they they just wouldn't let me go home, and it was just, um, you know, until they got to the root of everything, and you know, so literally overall, I spent three weeks the first time, three weeks the second time, and three weeks the third time yeah. in the hospital. So it was nine weeks yeah. overall, not counting all the day care that I had to go to. So the radiation treatment I I I did uh, three weeks, I think it was already, but I had to go in every single yeah. day. So, you know, I had to drive up to the hospital every single day. And I was fine at that stage that I could actually drive myself to the hospital. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it says here, so this is from Vox.com, and this is from 2018. Um, the average cost of cancer drugs has increased from $50,000 per patient in the mid-1990s to $250,000. That's four times the median U.S. household annual income. That is shocking. When you include the value of medical support necessary to deliver all the treatments, the price tag of $850,000 per patient is not unheard of. That is shocking. I am a firm believer. and not Yeah, I'm a firm believer, and not because I've been through it, but I am a firm believer that regardless of who you are, when you get that sick, you should just be treated there should be no cost for cancer treatment no. anywhere in the world no absolutely not no definitely not 
and um the whole idea that pharmaceutical companies are making profit on people's health yeah. is just so shocking like it really and this is the pushback with keto this is the pushback yes. that you see in the media oh it's really bad for you shouldn't be doing it long term blah 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 like yes we agree and we said it before it's not doesn't suit everybody you know so yeah. that's fine but you find what suits you and you go with it the fact is that keto might not suit everybody but you can literally switch off cancer genes with food yeah it's called epigenetics yeah and i've done a video about it i'll link it in the show oh notes. yeah put it in the show notes it's yeah. It you can literally you can have every gene that there is going for cancer and never get it because you eat the kind of foods that support health. Yeah, and the gas thing <laughs> is right. So sorry, I know I'm cutting across you here, but no. while I think of it, they have women like Angelina Jolie getting their breasts cut off. Yeah. On the yeah. off chance that they might get cancer, and they're saying, and then they're you know getting her to be a champion for this operation. You know. Yeah. Let's cut, like, would you see men running around cutting their... I think she goonies? had her ovaries m- removed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you see a man going and having his kind of little... Yeah, sure. Yeah, cut off and then championing it. Let's, let's all go around and get our bits cut off because we might get cancer. The thing is that anthropologists and archaeologists have been able to pinpoint when cancer first appeared, right? And it dates back to Mesopotamia, right? And there was, in the, in, in the historical table, they can see where there was, in the Nile Delta, there was a massive flood that killed loads of animals, loads of livestock, and pushed the people away from the coast inland, down the Nile, right? So they had no access to fish, they had no access to the usual kind of animal food that they would normally eat. So they started to see what they could eat from from the area. So they yeah. were grinding up the grasses to try and yeah. make something that they could eat, right? And that goes on for about four or 5,000 years, the introduction of these grains, right? So eventually they moved back towards the Nile Delta. And around that time... The pyramids are starting to be built right so you've got 30 40 50,000 slaves building these pyramids you got to feed them right so what do you feed them the cheapest thing that you can get right so the pharaohs and all the guys high up in the pharaohs um entourage they were all eating the pig fat and and the intestines and the heart and the these guys were being fed the bread and beer. Bread and beer, that's what the slaves used to be fed, right? And it's around the, the, this time that anthropologists have been able to find the first cancers was in these Egyptians that were had come back from further out along the Nile, back into the Nile Delta. Yeah. And with these grains, these grasses and these cereals came cancer. So that's it's not it's not surprising no. like it like and if you think about it it makes total sense yeah so by removing the likes of grains and cereals like even if you're eating starchy vegetables it's still not going to be as bad as grains and cereals you can literally no. shut off the genes that cause these cancers by cutting out grains and cereals but then where would they make the money uh, this is true right this this is you know the story of where our 
uh, nutritional guidelines came from. I told this story yeah. before the crazy lady who said God told her we have to all eat grains and cereals. Yeah. Seventh-day Adventists. And funnily enough, the yeah. Seventh-day Adventists, I just hold on while I put my tinfoil hat on here. The, the Seventh-day Adventists are still the largest owners of grain and cereal manufacturing in the farms in the world. In Australia, they own all the grain and cereal manufacturing. Yeah, well, you know, it makes total sense. Yeah, there's no, no money for it. So if you as a cancer patient come to somebody like me and I say, well, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this, and don't eat this, who's yeah. making money from that? Nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. So it's, unfortunately, our health means much less than the profit margin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so it looks like we are out of time, and we could probably talk about this for hours. Ever. <laughs> for hours. Ever. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just the indignant... I feel yeah. when I talk about it, it just makes me really mad. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it, it is, it's infuriating. The whole topic is infuriating. And the fact that there's such a pushback against keto um, because when people take control of their health, mm. then the pharmaceutical companies yeah. lose money. People are actually being targeted. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I get uh, videos pushed at me all the time now through algorithms yeah. and stuff. Like, you yeah. know, vegan. I got a lot of vegan stuff and I'm like, dude yeah <laughs> no yeah well that's a whole other yeah topic. i'm not prepared yeah, to shine any light on it no yeah no. and for this evening i need to go off now and and photograph my um my little treasure for my advent <laughs> calendar yeah, so, so, <laughs> for yeah so what we did was for our patreons who are watching us live on video live hi wave wave to our patreons um we, hi guys. we always re record 10 minutes maybe before we actually start recording the podcast yeah. and, and today we've been open advent calendars so that that was fun. yeah probably for these these recordings all before yeah. christmas we'll yeah. be opening we'll be opening our advent so calendars. if you're interested <laughs> in seeing what goes on behind the scenes because like let's face it you know it's it's not pretty it's not pretty but it's completely unedited <laughs> they get the un completely unedited version of the podcast yeah with a little bit extra so you can go to patreon we'll leave some information in the link below um if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast yeah and currently what you're missing out on is christina is in a uh elf onesie and i'm in i i'm in my posh christmas pajamas i'm dancing to know to know music sorry no <laughs> actually the, the music, music is, is in, in your head, head. It's the same songs here comes santa claus here comes santa claus right down santa claus lane sorry for sorry for inflicting that Woo. on everybody yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. okay we'll leave it at that then okay so if you have anything you want us to talk about just drop us a dm on instagram yeah i'm holding my arm out yeah yeah <laughs> i'm literally off. i would yeah I'm pointing to the scene and I'm like <laughs> Superman. Okay. Yeah. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, like I say, just drop us a line and we will mm -hmm. have the chats uh, and answer any questions that you have. We look forward to it, actually. I look forward to hearing from people. So actually, yeah. if you are still listening, you got to the end of the podcast, you're still listening, take a <laughs> screenshot of where you are in the podcast and post it to social media, tag myself and Keita Christina and Keita Brenda. And hashtag Keto Sisters. Mm -hmm. And let us see where you're watching. That's it. All right. See you next time, guys. Cool. Bye.
Okay, until next time. Bye. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to support us, you can head on over to Patreon or alternatively, you can buy us a cup of tea by using the link in the show notes. Also, don't forget to check our blog for regular updates. So until next time, keto on, keto sisters.